Hello, and welcome to Authentically Alongside. I'm your host, Sarah Nishimoto. This podcast exists as a way to encourage you as we walk with Jesus. My desire is to come alongside you authentically, sharing my life in hope in Jesus. Hello and welcome back to Authentically Alongside. And guess what? I have Emily back with me. Yes, you do. <laughs> I let her back. Um, there was such a demand. There was. So I did get a text message this morning asking um, why I got kicked off the podcast. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I thought I should come back on. Yeah. To yeah. prove to you, you know, that I. We're still friends. Yeah, we're good. I'm still here. <laughs> it was just a weird week last week. That's all. That's right. So uh, a couple of weeks ago, we started talking about our identity. We talked about how we often find our identity in the roles that we hold or the things that we do. But the problem with that is that when our roles shift and change and, they're no, and we're no longer able to perform in the way that we once could, we lose a bit of a sense of who we are. And Emily and I have both experienced this mm -hmm. in the past couple of years, shifting and changing of roles and abilities. Um, and if we didn't have our identity rooted in Christ, then we would be in a bad place. <laughs> but when we do find our identity in Christ and who he made us to be, it is steady and strong because God doesn't change. As humans, we often come to believe things about ourselves and the world around us that just aren't true. Although our identities are secure in Christ, the lies that we believe can attack our identity. Core beliefs are our most deeply held assumptions about ourselves, the world, and others. They are firmly embedded in our thinking, and they significantly shape our reality and our behaviors. So I like to think of core beliefs like a lens through which we look at our world. Um, kind of similar to like a worldview. Uh, but when we believe something to be true, as we look at events in our lives, we start to look and find evidence that supports the belief that we hold. So let's just say if you were to hold a core belief that God is faithful, which I think we both do, um, you will likely naturally find evidence that God is faithful as you live out your daily your day-to-day -day life. So you'll see the new job opportunity as God's faithfulness to provide for your family. Uh, the words someone spoke to you while you were out and about that you need, that sometimes it's like just the right thing that you need to hear. You might see as God's faithfulness to show up in your life. The call from a friend on a day that you're feeling lonely is God's faithfulness or even um, also times when God shows up and provides financially for us in unexpected ways, um, just lets us see that God sees us um, and he's there with us. Um, but our belief system, unfortunately, like to say that we all just believe truth all the time, right? <laughs> <Not> uh, <laughs> it isn't typically filled with only truths. Um, our belief system is a mixture of truths and lies that we have come to believe over time. Now, core beliefs uh, are developed over time, often in childhood or through uh, major life experiences or things that we go through. Now, I have found in my own life that many of the lies that I have come to believe um, and internalize as my core beliefs that kind of then become those core beliefs just kind of sat simmering just below the surface, just out of my knowledge. It's like, I believed this lie, but I didn't really 
realize yeah. I believed this lie. And I think that's true for so many of us. Like until we start doing the work of figuring mm-hmm. out what those lies are that we believe, they remain there under the yes. surface, affecting yes. us. Yeah. So mm-hmm. here, sometimes we believe those lies. They're affecting our the way that we behave, the way we think, and we just like sometimes our worlds start to feel a little out of control and we don't really know why. Mm-hmm. Um, but when we can kind of take a look at what our thought, where our thought life is, and um, we can start to unpack what those things are. So somewhere along my path, um, I began to believe that I had to be perfect. Um, and so perfectionism has gripped just about every part of my life. Um, anything that I undertook, I had to do perfectly and I needed to be the best. I could give you so many <laughs> examples of times in my life, just even from when I was young um, to now, but um, I had to do everything perfectly. It was like I needed to do them all, um, mm-hmm. except maybe not entirely because I'm kind of okay with not being great at sports, <laughs> um, but I was still crushed when I was cut from the high school soccer team, you know, those tender yeah. 15 year old feelings. <laughs> um, but I felt a strong compulsion to be the best student later on, the best teacher, moving forward a little bit more, the best mom, the most committed volunteer, the best ministry leader. Um, all those roles that we hold and kind of find our identities in. Um, and it almost meant that I felt the need to always. Um, I also, you know, kind of became this, like, I needed to say the right thing all the time, make sure everyone was happy with my decisions as a leader, as a mom, as a wife and newsflash, in (laughs) case you didn't know, um, you can't make everyone happy. It just, you just can't really can't. No. Um, but because I couldn't be perfect all the time, I started realizing like, um, I'm just not perfect. And that's hard. Um, But I began to start to develop this core belief that I must be a failure. So it's like, if I, if I can't be perfect, if it's not perfect, then it, then it's failed was this belief that kind of started to um, set in. But um, here's the kicker. I didn't really know that I held this core belief, but my mind was constantly on the lookout for evidence that this was true. Uh, So scripts began playing in my mind um, that began to focus on all the ways I was feeling. So as a ministry leader, don't have enough volunteers. I start to tell myself, if you were a better ministry leader, leader, you would be able to get enough volunteers. Forgot the budget deadline. What is wrong with you? House is a mess. Emily, why can't you get it together? You should be able to keep your house clean. All the other moms can, right? Um, Especially those ones on Instagram. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And this lie attacked my identity as mother probably more than anything else. Um, Missed another appointment. How could you forget again? Uh, A good mom wouldn't forget the dentist appointments. Um, Dance practice. You weren't just late. You completely forgot to take her. Um, Good moms get their kids to practice on time. Every time. (laughs) Um, When my kid has another meltdown, I say kids with good parents don't melt down like that. And especially not in public. Kid gets in trouble at school. 
good moms raise kind kids. Uh, you must be failing because your kid isn't always kind. Um, Oops, I yelled at the kids again. I shouldn't yell at the kids, Emily. They will end up in therapy. <laughs> I'm going to ruin my kids, which, by the way, therapy is not a bad thing. It's but <laughs> Everybody should end up in therapy at some point in their lives. Right? I still just don't want to send my kids. I don't, I don't want to be the reason my kids go, <laughs> yes. but I probably will be. So it's okay. <laughs> um, but I look at this list and it just kind of, it hurts. Like writing this stuff down, like doesn't feel good. Um, Cause, but the way that I would find that talk to myself, it make, makes me cringe. Um, I would never talk to anyone else this way. Like, but for me, like that was how I spoke to myself. Um, and so as I started looking at this, um, uh, script in my mind, um, I realized how much I had come so deeply to believe that if I couldn't do it perfectly, I was failing and it was affecting, affected me super deeply. Um, and all, all the evidence I could find pointed to failure. Everything I could see, um, I, that I would never be enough. I couldn't see all the things I was doing well. I could only see the things that I was doing poorly, um, the ways I was failing. But something miraculous happened. Um, once I was able to name this lie that I was believing deep in my core, uh, not by myself, with a lot of help, help from my counselor, uh, it didn't have the same power over me anymore. Uh, so one day in counseling, my counselor had me make a physical paper and pen, um, like pro-con style list uh, with one side listing out the evidence that I am a failure and the other side listing the evidence that I'm not a failure. And the failure list came super easy and it was very long. Um, the good mom list took a little bit longer, but it was, um, it was, it was worth it. Uh, the evidence was there. Mm -hmm. I just couldn't see it. And it took time to be able to um, get those things down and to believe them. Um, but little by little, that lie started, to, some of that power that lie had started to diminish in my life. Oh, Emily, thank you for being so authentic and sharing that lie that you've identified in your life and how it impacted you. Um, and like you said, that when we identify those lies, it takes time to break them down. Just like it takes time for us to believe them in the first place. Mm -hmm. It takes so much time to break them down. And whether you want to admit it or not, we are all believing some kind of lie at some point. Um, often the lies we believe fall into um, different categories of being helpless, unlovable, worthless, some kind of external danger. We can believe that we're not enough or we're too much, we're unworthy or we're better than everyone. We're a failure, nobody sees us, our voices don't matter, other people can't be trusted, and the list goes on. I found myself believing the lie that I needed the approval of others. Mm -hmm. This led me to be unable to easily say no when people asked for my time or my help with anything. My worth was so tied up in being dependable and useful. Boundaries were not in my vocabulary. I overextended myself so many times so I could gain the approval of others. And when I didn't feel like I got the approval that I felt that I needed, 
I became resentful or I felt unseen or I felt like whatever I did just was not good enough for some mm-hmm. reason. Um, so when I began to work through some more self-awareness, though, I saw how unhealthy believing that lie was and how it really permeated other parts of my life, too. My value is not dependent on anything I do for anyone. My value is in Christ who, and who he has created me to be. My work is to be done unto him and not for people. So uncovering these lies is really hard work, isn't it, Emily? <laughs> yep. But it's so important. Uh, it feels easier to keep those lies hidden and, like Emily said earlier, just below the surface. But when we bring them to the light, we find freedom. Yeah, there's really so much truth there. Uh, realizing what we are actually believing is so hard, but this is where we grow. Mm-hmm. Um, this is where our faith goes from our heads to our hearts. And this is where we can let the Holy Spirit begin to transform us deeply. Um, but it has to start with looking at what our thoughts and actions actions show us about what we believe. So I think you have to kind of take a dive into sometimes looking at, okay, what are those thoughts that are running through my mind repeatedly? Mm-hmm. What are the things I'm telling myself um, uh, and be able to start taking that apart to see where those common themes are, to find what the lies are that we believe. Yeah. Um, At one point when I was doing this hard work and I was realizing some of the lies that I had been believing, I was reminded that we are in a spiritual battle and we are equipped to fight it. I sat with that for a while because I know this is a spiritual battle. I know the enemy is attacking us with lies and thoughts that are not true. Mm -hmm. Um, I know the armor of God. I know the scriptures. I feel like I know all of the right answers, but why was I stuck feeling so defenseless? Mm. Um, as I continue to think about this, these verses in 1 Corinthians 10, 4 and 5 came to my mind. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take every thought captive to make it obedient to Christ. And these uh, three words that stuck out to me from that verse were every thought captive. I know we're supposed to take every thought captive. Sounds good. How do I get that knowledge from my head mm-hmm. down to my heart and to be able to practice it? I really love that this verse kind of gives like a visual picture mm-hmm. of the stronghold. Like, yeah. And these lies really can take on a stronghold in our life that keep us from moving forward. They keep us from um, pushing closer to to Christ. They keep us from doing the work that, that God has for us Mm -hmm. because it's either things that we believe that we're not able to do or that we're not good enough that we're, and these lies begin, we we start putting them up as walls to keep us from. And we limit ourselves. Yeah. We limit our potential and, Um, we limit what God has for us, but God has so much more for us. I think it also limits 
God's power in us. Like, mm-hmm. it's like we kind of put up a wall there against God even being like, nope, I said that <laughs> I wasn't enough and you need to hear me, God. Right. Like, <laughs> just believe me on this one. <laughs> Try to get God to believe our lives. Like, right? I don't think that works. <laughs> it doesn't. I don't know if you've ever read the story about Moses or not. For one. Yes. Um, stutter couldn't keep him mm-hmm. from leading his people. So uh, when we take every thought captive, we need to determine whether it's a thought that we should dwell on or a thought that we should reject. And Philippians 4.8 gives us a good guideline of what thoughts we should think on. It says, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. We can take our thoughts captive and examine whether they are true, lovely, admirable, go all the way down that list. And those are things that we can and should dwell on. But if our thoughts don't pass this verse test, we need to release them, we need to reject them, and we need to not dwell on them. I really love um, just how that starts, just whatever is true. Mm -hmm. Um, And just, I mean, you could just almost stop there and be like, okay, we need to make sure we're dwelling on truth right. and not dwelling on the lies right. because um, at those lies are the things that we just put on repeat. We put them on repeat mm-hmm. and we say them to ourselves over and over again and which helps us believe them all right. that much more. Yeah. Um, and, but I think it's also hard because when we do start trying to replace um the things that we think about, the lies we believe and replace them with the truths. It's not, we don't necessarily believe those truths right right away. I've had many instances in my life where, you know, when I've started trying to replace the lie that I believed with the truth, um, when I started like, you know, whether it was a verse that I would rehearse to myself or, you know, something I would remind myself, there'd be a lot of times it's like, yeah, but, but is God really with me? Like, cause I feel awful alone. Like, um, I know that there've, you know, been lies that I've believed or things that I've repeatedly said to myself where it was like, this is just too hard. Like this, you know, this situation is too hard for me. I can't do this. Um, and that, that lie would repeatedly roll through. And then when I started trying to, to replace that, um, believing it was hard. So, Mm -hmm. you know, I would say to myself, um, God doesn't promise me an easy life. He doesn't promise that it will be easy, but he promises that he will be with me every step of the way and his presence is there. And I still have to speak that to myself so frequently, but those first times that I uttered those phrases, you know, I hoped for this like wash of freedom (laughs) that it would feel like, yes, God is with me, but it's still, it was kind of like, but are you God? Like, cause yeah. those beliefs, um, we believe They're so them. deep. Yeah. Yeah. They run so deep. And I think that a lot of times we do have to start with, uh, truths that we don't necessarily believe mm-hmm. at first. Um, it's going to take a while, but that's the truth. Like it doesn't just because we don't believe in it right away. doesn't mean that it's any less the truth. Yeah. Um, it's that repeated, um, in, in your heart and your mind and you start to see evidence of it when yeah. you keep repeating it and then you believe it deep in your heart. We have to keep repeating them to ourselves <laughs> right. until we believe them yes. sometimes. Yep. Like, no, Sarah, you can do hard things. <laughs> you are enough. 
<laughs> so again, all of this is easy to say and no, right? Um, putting it into practice is a lot more challenging. It takes effort to take every thought captive. We need to be intentional and we need to be authentic with ourselves and with others. We can't examine our thoughts if we're not being honest about what mm-hmm. we're actually thinking. Um, and just last week, I was sharing one of these other like crazy ideas I had made up in my mind with Emily. And she said, Sarah, that sounds like a big fat lie. <laughs> so it helps so much to have these trusted people that we can be honest with and identify and demolish those lies. I might want to work on my tact on how I say <laughs> that next time. No, like, sometimes you just need to be blunt. <laughs> it was a big fat lie. So one thing that I found helpful when I'm trying to replace those lies with truth is writing down truths on note cards. So recent things that I've written down on note cards are I am valuable. And I wrote the verse Matthew 10, 29 through 31 with it are not two sparrows sold for a penny yet. Not one of them will fall to the ground outside of your father's care. And even the very hairs on your head are all numbered. So don't be afraid. You are worth more than sparrows. And another truth I've written is that I am capable with the verse 2 Peter 1.3. His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of him who has called us by his own glory and goodness. Yeah, I found that writing down verses really helps me as well. And the, the lies that I really struggle with, um, sometimes it's worth finding a verse or two. It's always worth finding a verse or two to For put sure. to memory mm-hmm. so that when you start feeling those feelings of inadequacy or whatever those things are, um, that you have those verses right there yeah. in your mind that you can start meditating on that truth instead. Um, and I also think it's, worth saying that, you know, as we, we, we obviously want to try to keep putting these truths in our lives, but sometimes these lies still kind of come back for us and like, um, uh, we're prone to keep believing them. Like things maybe that you think like that lie doesn't have power over me anymore. Um, you know, you still can find times where you, you start running those scripts again, start believing, believing a lie again, even this morning as I, was praying and journaling. And I was just feeling, I was just feeling very anxious this morning. And I wasn't totally sure why just busyness and, um, different things going on this week. And, and I just found myself writing in my journal that, um, I'm just not ever going to be enough. I'm not going to be enough. I'm not, um, able to do, do enough and, um, was writing these words and I wrote after it and I said, and I just don't know the truth to replace that with right now. Um, and cause that's how I was feeling. Like I, I didn't feel at the moment, like I could believe the truth that, um, I, that believe anything other than that I wasn't enough. Um, and in this situation, you know, I, I didn't feel that way. And, and I, maybe I needed to believe that, it's okay. I, mm-hmm. God's not calling me to be enough because he's there with me as yeah. well. Like, because he is um, enough. Yeah. <laughs> he's enough. So I don't have to be one of yeah, my many right? little catchphrases I use <laughs> to speak truth into my own life. Um, but um, it was one of those moments where it's like, yeah, I, I had to bring that lie to God and mm-hmm. say, God, I'm believing this lie right now. Um, I'm believing that I'm, I, I'm not going to be enough. And, um, 
and you know what? He meets us there. Yeah. He meets us in those hard spaces. And um, I didn't have much to say other mm -hmm. than like, I, I don't have the truth to speak into this right now. Yeah. And, you know, I kind of ended my prayer and um, the best thing to do, obviously, when you are believing a lie. <laughs> when is you feel like you're not enough. Jump on social Pop media. On. <laughs> <laughs> um, but in this moment, the one thing that popped up um, was um, it was an inspiration. I'm not, I don't have the words in front of me to tell you what it was, but it was what I needed to hear in that yeah. moment. And God spoke those words and he showed up for me and, um, and just was able to speak to my heart and say, you need to have some compassion on yourself to mm -hmm. like remind myself not to speak to myself in those ways. Um, but that rem just remember that I'm deeply loved by God and that, um, he sees me. Yeah. I think that's so important to be authentic to God because mm -hmm. obviously he knows, mm -hmm. but when we bring our authentic selves to him, he meets us there and he provides us with what we need. I've had so, so many times too, when, you know, you're struggling to unbelieve or unlearn a certain lie and you're like, just write God here. I am again. Like I'm still mm -hmm. struggling with this. Um, but that honesty and openness is, is where God meets us and where he provides us his compassion and his love and where he shows us he is faithful. Yeah. Um, so this may be our longest episode. Yeah, pretty exciting. So, but next episode, we're going to continue this conversation. We're going to talk more about renewing our mind specifically so we can do uh, what Rob Reimer says and combat the lies of your soul with the truth of God at the precise moments when those lies come knocking at your door. I'm super excited and we're <laughs> going to geek out a little bit on some of the psychology and um, not too much, but a little bit, just a little. As because... much as our Googling has, <laughs> has enabled us to. <laughs> yeah. So it'll All be right. fun. All right. Thanks again for joining us. And we just encourage you to examine them, those thoughts, take them captive and identify, do the hard work of identifying those lies, lies that you believe and start finding the truth to replace them with. That's right. Thank you for joining me on this episode of Authentically Alongside. I hope this was an encouragement to you as we walk together toward Jesus and we share authentically with each other and encourage each other in our hope that we can find only in Him.